0: People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. This is the 265th episode of the show. Shout outs to everyone downloading the podcast. We love you and appreciate you. AI revolution bigger than the invention of fire is a quote from Google CEO Sunder Pachai. We're going to be diving into that today. We're also going to be talking about Google demonstrating a vital step towards large scale quantum computers what does that mean for the future of the universe google hangouts app is going away we'll quickly cover that and exclusive twitter sees jump in government demands to remove content from journalists but more than anything else i want to take today to talk about artificial intelligence and what it means for our lives speaking of lives the show is live every ten thirty a.m pacific center time once you swing by youtube.com forward slash send it rising this from gizmodo.com. Google CEO still insists AI revolution bigger than the invention of fire. Pachai suggests the internet and electricity are also small potatoes compared to AI. The artificial intelligence revolution is poised to be more profound than the invention of electricity, the internet, and even fire, according to Pachai, who made the comments to BBC media editor Amal Rajan in a podcast interview. Quote the progress in artificial intelligence. We are still in very early stages, but I viewed it as the most profound technology that humanity will ever develop and work on. And we have to make sure we do it in a way that we can harness it to society's benefit. So let's think a little bit about the future, shall we? There was an amazing interview with a gentleman in his nineties who was being interviewed about the ecological disaster of modern day farming of the issues that we currently have with global gas emissions global warming etc and it was fascinating to me because this old man this wise wise man um responded to the interviewer by saying you have to understand that when i was growing up we didn't have enough food So it's easy from any generation's perspective to look at the former generation and go, look at all these problems you caused. Look at this dumpster fire that you've left us with. Um, They were left with food shortages in their day. And people are going to feed themselves, which is to say, if you go down to Papua New Guinea and you criticize the local folks for cutting down the forest, You go ahead, you spend a night in the jungle in in Papua New Guinea, you know, trying to scavenge for wild edibles or kill a boar, right, to cook up in this incredibly damp, humid environment. Um, You won't want to spend more than three hours with the insects covered head to toe on your body. Um, But Kellen, this isn't a solution. I hear you. I understand. What I'm saying is, as we progress, we are going to blunder a lot And we obviously have to not destroy the earth in the process. And there is an existential crisis we are currently facing with the planet. That being said, AI is going to solve a lot of these problems because when we are 90, God willing, we'll be able to have the interview with that 22-year-old kid who is saying, you know, why didn't you understand that people would um, have to fight against these waves of AI controlling their life? Like, why didn't you see that coming? And the answer, of course, is, well, we we did see it coming, but you don't have to work. (laughs) There used to be this thing called working uh, that we all used to do. Um, And we did a lot of it, and it was very challenging and stressful. Um, And as you can see, 90% of the population no longer works. And that's because the drones um, perfectly create food for us. They build shelters. Um, They've designed the entire infrastructure of our society. Uh, We use AI technology to maximize human happiness and the happiness of all beings on the planet. And then, you know, they, they will say things like, yeah, but we don't have the control over it that we want. You've created a nightmare and this and that and the other thing. And this is just the nature of you know generational change. Now, I'm not saying that we won't end up in the matrix, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be incredibly cognizant of how we move forward. One of the real world examples that I've noticed is when we're working with a client and they have a Google My Business profile, the AI will go in and continually shut down that profile. And it would appear that the folks that we're talking to at Google can't control it. Now they're not senior level AI engineers. These are folks who are chatting with local businesses. I understand that, but there is a power dynamic here where the AI kind of runs. And if it's like 95% effective, 98% effective, that's good enough for Google because it's incredibly effective and cost-effective. But when it spits out something that is wrong, only the highest level AI engineers are able to go in and make tweaks and have it relearn. And it's impossible to know exactly how it's going to learn. It's like having a baby. It's like having a child. So when it comes to healthcare, we can use AI to destroy cancer cells. Um, Using AI, we may be able to solve some of the viral issues that we've never been able to solve before because... They are simply too complicated. And when we look at the analogies of the uh, Eastern game Go and chess, we see that the limits of human intelligence um, are bafflingly apparent, which is to say that it is clearly, clearly, clearly true that a chess computer will destroy even the best chess player on planet Earth. So hands down, they can choose how they win. They're so good. Um, there are things called computer lines in chess, where chess commentators on YouTube will say, "Ah, we hate computers because they always come up with these absurd computer lines." And when you when you realize what the computer's doing, a human simply does not see it, simply does not perceive it. And so, if we're looking at things like eradicating HIV, there are complexities to viral reproduction that a computer would be able to to do whereas humans simply will not be able to do it and so in the future we may find ourselves terraforming mars terraforming um uh, the moon uh but through ai through sending plants on drones i mean they they would be space drones but you understand the, the general idea there so when it comes to artificial intelligence i think it's going to be a ta- It's going to be what Pachai says. I think he's right. Um, ultimately, I agree with him in his sentiment that um, the AI revolution is bigger than the invention of fire, and it is wild that we live in this particular time. Back to the article link in the description. Quote, but I expect it to play a foundational role pretty much across every aspect of our lives, you know, be it healthcare, education, how we manufacture things and how we consume information. When it comes to education, I can tell you firsthand that it is there is nothing more frustrating than being a teacher with 30 students in front of you and knowing that what you're saying is relevant to 70% of them. There are 20% that are incredibly bored because they already know it. Um, there's 10% that have no idea what you're talking about and those ratios obviously change with everything that you say. And then you break them all up and then you individually go to these students that need the most attention. Um, And it is at best a prehistoric education model, which is to say, if you have artificial intelligence that is constantly with every interaction it has with a student measuring where that student is along a spectrum of understanding, calculus spanish it really doesn't matter reading literature you have a teacher that is far better than any human teacher could possibly be so taking the test analogy further um there is an ai educator that is better than any human educator it will get you to the desired result faster it will be able to pick up on cheating faster um it will um looking at facial using facial recognition it will realize where the student is in terms of sleepiness um, whether the uh, student's mind is wandering i mean there are levels to this that are so unfathomably uh beautiful and also terrifying um that we're going to have to reckon with as we push forward we really do live in the last remaining years of what i refer to as just sort of prehistoric stone age nonsense um the fact that we are born at the dawn of the internet um is is truly wild because as i've mentioned before on the show we are going to be the generation where four hundred thousand years from now we will be the um the folks that the great great times a million grandchildren will look at as kind of that first generation. Um, There are very few people that are like 60 said, well, that's not true. There are, there are folks in their sixties and seventies now that are putting a lot on Facebook, but really a generation, two generations, three generations ago. um, There just wasn't a lot of media. And I do believe that we're going to be able to hold on to all of this data via the internet and as we move forward, we will be seen as the folks speaking old English. For example, if I'm talking to someone uh, 10,000 years from now, hi, by the way, how are you? Um, the way I talk will just sound absolutely absurd. <laughs> the things I'm talking about will be absolutely absurd. Um, but they will be held up with reverence as being the foundation Um we've got all of these religious texts, which are the closest thing we can come to, to life 2000 years ago is through reading these and understanding where people were at. Um, And as AI progresses, yes, I do believe that we are going to be able to create a more utopian society. I think films like the matrix and um, Terminator and these sorts of things are, are culturally important because at the end of the day, we do need to avoid um, ridiculous pitfalls. And of course, if you're watching this from some dystopian nightmare future where um, robots have taken over and humans are enslaved, then, um, then I'm very sorry that that is your current predicament. And I hope that changes soon. Back to the article. Um, whether you... Agree with Pachai or not, it's obvious that he's right about one thing. Whatever happens with AI needs to be for society's benefit. But again, Pachai never defines what he's talking about. <laughs> would the invention of the atomic bomb be viewed as something for society's benefit? The people who worked on the Manhattan Project may have been ethically conflicted about it, but they rationalized their work by recognizing what would happen if the Nazis built nuclear weapons first. Here's a quote from Pachai I definitely think there will be a competitive aspect to it. There will be national security aspects to it, and those are all important questions. For me, I think if we can use AI to stop killing each other, um, it would be incredibly beneficial. Um, Many, many people uh, kill each other over resources. Um, At the end of the day, if we are able to, using AI technology and drones, revolutionize farming, which which we've already done, and we do it in a way that's ecologically responsible. So imagine for example, a planet where we've got drones in fields that are planting flowers in certain areas so that the bee population is maintained at XYZ levels, where we find an AI homeostasis on the planet that works for everyone. We monitor the temperature of the planet. We're monitoring um, the effects of everything that humans are doing. Um, We have it within us to create a society where education is truly scaffolded, which is to say, <coughs> excuse me, going in to any subject matter, we're able to have it customized from start to finish. It's really exciting stuff. At the end of the day, and my hope is that my particular discipline is completely um, becomes completely meaningless. Which is to say, or you just do it for fun. So. Right now, the system is based on whoever can get to the top of Google, whoever can get in front of people to say that they're the best at providing XYZ service. Um, If we get AI right, uh, the vast majority of the services that folks are going to want will be completed by the AI and robots. Quote, nothing is a given. We have to get there, but I do think the world becomes more prosperous When there's economic growth, everyone wants the same thing at the end. So we shall see. So speaking of AI, we've got an article here from newscientist.com. Google demonstrates vital step towards large-scale quantum computers. But before we dive into that, what do you think? Swing on by youtube.com forward slash send it rising. Leave a comment in this video. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. It being whether AI is going to kill us all or if it's going to get get us closer to a more utopian vision. Google has shown that its Sycamore quantum computer can detect and fix computational errors, an essential step for large-scale quantum computing, but its current system generates more errors than it solves. Error correction is a standard feature for ordinary or classical computers, which store data using bits with two possible states, zero and one, transmitting data with extra, quote, parity bits. That warn if a zero has flipped to a one or vice versa means such errors can be found and fixed. However, according to the article from NewScientist.com, in quantum computing, the problem is far more complex as each quantum bit or qubit exists in a mixed state of zero and one. It is Schrodinger's qubit. So is it a zero? Is it a one? We don't know. Any attempt to measure them directly destroys the data. Oh, this is, this reminds me of the double slit experiment. For those of you unfamiliar, YouTube it. Basically, once we observe light particles, they go from acting like a particle or a billiard ball to a wave. Um, and a wave can be understood as infinite potentialities. And so when they're observed, they, they snap into this particle behavior. Now, What's interesting about observation is there is a very comprehensive study where they literally had people think about a Buddha that was sitting on top of a double-slit experiment. And they were trying to find the correlation of people thinking about this Buddha and whether or not the waveform collapses into a particle. And there was some correlation, which is the strangest spiritual slash scientific correlation that I think Um, I could possibly come up with because there is nothing more scientific than the double slit experiment in quantum mechanics. It is it is very rigorous and um, testable. And then, of course, you have, you know, people thinking about a plastic Buddha sitting on top of this um, double slit experiment halfway across the world. And there appears to be some sort of effect it can have. Which is um, crazy. And uh, there's a YouTube video with a bunch of PhDs talking about it. And uh, if they weren't credentialed, I would go, bah, pseudoscience, whatever. But it, it was one of those very boring lectures with a very boring PowerPoints uh, to, to understand exactly what they did and for how long they did it. But truly fascinating um, the results from that. So in quantum computing, yes, we've got this zero one mixed state. So one long-standing theoretical solution, back to the article, to this has been to cluster many physical qubits into a single logical qubit. Although such logical qubits have been created previously, they hadn't been used for error correction. So basically, we have an issue here that makes it difficult to create practical and reliable quantum computers, So Julian Kelly at Google AI is quoted as saying, this is basically our first half step along the path to demonstrate that a viable way of getting to really large scale error tolerant computers um, is here basically. So we're not there yet. Quantum computing could revolutionize AI in a profound way. We could get to, Perfect farming, for example, like I mentioned earlier, more perfect education, um, tackling HIV and AIDS, tackling viral infections that people have that because our ability to fight viruses right now is just it is an absolute dumpster fire of garbage. We are not good at it. We are much better at it than we were. Yes, I understand. And this is no criticism of the people that are um, fighting um, those particular battles, but we have many incurable viruses is the point that I'm making and AI and quantum computers could play a vital role in solving those things. You know what, I think that's gonna be it for today. I think we covered a good amount of AI. appreciate y'all swinging by to show this, the 265th episode of Marketing as a Foreign Language, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, youtube.com forward slash send it rising why send it rising and not marketing as a foreign language well i happen to own send it rising if you're a longtime listener you already know that we build websites do seo pay-per-click etc we usually have guests on the show but uh every now and then i do like to do an episode where we just do a deep dive this one obviously ai revolution appreciate you all listening and we'll see y'all later